0: Of Just Between Us Gals. This will be a different kind of episode than what you're used to listening to from us gals because today it's just this gal, Michelle, one half of Just Between Us Gals. Uh, Alex is not here today. Um, You better get used to it because our other gal seems to be really busy at the moment. So going forward, our episodes are going to be slightly different kind of more of this one host format which I'm still getting used to so hopefully you'll be patient with me as a listener and um, you know be patient as we f- kind of navigate these new different types of episodes for now we'll still be under the Just Between Us Gals brand um, hopefully in the near future Alex will be joining us again when her schedule frees up but for now we'll just be me and um, giving you a little mini rundown, I guess you could call speed round of hot topics as they come along. uh, These episodes might be coming a little bit more infrequently because I'm also kind of busy with my life as well. I just started another semester of school. Um, This is supposed to be my final year of school, so I'm going to be hella busy as well. So, you know, just be patient. Um, We'll bring you new episodes as we Figure out our schedules um, as I figure out my schedule. Um, But Alex did give me permission to continue uploading episodes without her. So um, we'll uh, get started then. Um, So it's a great time to be in Toronto now. Um, It's TIFF season, the Toronto International Film Festival is going on. Um, I'm not going, but there are some really great movies. Um, If you're in town, you should go and check out. Alex actually uploaded um, her own little... You can make, I guess on the TIFF website or something, you can make your own little calendar of movies that you love. And I noticed that she posted this. Um, You can check out her Twitter at ALX Coombs to um, check out what she tweeted and the link to uh, her list. So there's some really great movies. There's this movie called... um, I think it's called, pronounced Dolomite is my name. Um, It's a kind of a career comeback for Eddie Murphy. Um, I don't know if Eddie, I think Eddie Murphy will be here in Toronto for this movie. Um, I think this is a movie that's going to be having a worldwide release on netflix later this year um it's kind of an eddie murphy comeback he's kind of having a comeback this year with with a couple of movies um he's hosting saturday night live again um this december for the first time in i think 35 years um they reportedly he's eddie murphy's gonna have a secret um uh, Netflix special possibly around that time and that's why he's hosting SNL that's the rumor so it's a good career comeback for Eddie Murphy um check it out it's based off a true story um take taking place in the 1970s exploitation era so check that out if you're an Eddie Murphy fan um there's some other movies The Goldfinch with a- Ansel Elgort um just premiering I think earlier was a movie with Jamie Foxx I think just yeah Just Mercy um they just had the premiere for that on Friday I believe that also co-starring Michael B Jordan and Brie Larson um another movie I'm really excited about at TIFF which I probably won't watch at TIFF but when it comes out world you know wide release I'll watch it is this biopic on Judy Garland called Judy starring Renee Zellweger I saw the uh the trailer for it if you haven't, YouTube it. It looks really interesting. Renee Zellweger really transforms into Judy Garland. If you're a Judy Garland fan, um, you should check it out. It looks really interesting. And I can't believe it's taken this long to do a biopic on Judy Garland. But And I was really iffy about Renee Zellweger when that casting came out, but she looks amazing and really has transformed into the role. So I'm really interested to see that movie as well. So. Like I said, if you're in Toronto um, and you get a chance, you can buy tickets online or at the box office. Go check out TIFF. Uh, you know, and yeah. Um, last episode, I br- when we had my friend Monica on, um, I briefly, at the end of the episode, kind of went over um, Emmy nominations, and I said I would do predictions. The Emmys are going to be, I believe, in two weeks uh, on September 22nd. So I don't know if I'm going to be doing another episode before then. So I thought I would do my Emmy predictions this episode. Um, Because, you know, I love the Emmys. I love television. I watch a lot of TV. So I feel like I have a little insight on the popular shows right now. Um, But first, something I didn't get to mention last time that I thought would be interesting to bring up is that um, the Emmys which, like I said, September 22nd on Fox, doesn't have a host. And it's kind of going with this theme we've had so far this year of no-host award shows, like the Oscars earlier this year that couldn't find a host. Um, and so the Emmys seem to be following in that same kind of idea of let's just not get a host, let's not bother. And this is the first time in, since 2003 that the Emmys hasn't had a distinct host, and it's only the fourth time, and it's, I think... 90, 71 year history that it hasn't had a host. Only one, only four times um, in 71 years that they haven't had a host. So that'll be interesting to see. Um, I feel like going forward we're going to see a lot of more award shows probably. not Going in this no host direction, a lot of celebrities seem to not want to host award shows anymore because of this political climate that we're in and this PC culture of You know you can't really say say or do anything um without getting in trouble and uh or this cancel culture that we're in kind of like what happened to kevin hart uh, earlier this year with the oscars um and i think too it's this idea of can we find the perfect host who doesn't have a shady background you know what i mean you're always gonna there's always gonna be something anyone who gets asked to host anything, if you dig up their past, you're gonna find something. You're gonna find tweets. You're gonna find things from before they were even famous, probably, that will look bad now. And then we will we have to cancel them, and then they can't host anymore. So it's a shame. Um, you know, initially, I was against the no host idea, because I do like it when there's a host. I like, it gives you something to look forward to. Um, if you're not a big fan of the nominees or up with the shows that are going on, at least you have, depending on who the host is, someone to kind of help guide you through the show and, um, you know, uh, keep, it, keep it interesting. Um, if it's someone you like or enjoy, if it isn't, then you don't watch anyway. Um, but now I feel like they've figured it out. You know, the Oscars actually went really smoothly this year without a host. They had many different presenters. I believe they had Maya Rudolph and... Kristen Wiig and, you know, just opening the show at the Oscars, so I don't really know who the presenters, presenters are going to be for the Emmys this year. I don't know if they've been announced, but I can check. Um, but I'm sure they'll get people from SNL, I'm sure they'll get people, different comedians to kind of fill that void. Um, yeah, there hasn't been any presenters announced, so we'll see how that goes. Um, hopefully it makes the show run smoothly I find I find that I found that the Oscars without a host still ran just as long as it usually does so um, you know it really made no difference in terms of time which I thought it would Uh, that's the only complaint I have with award shows is that they tend to run really long like over three and a half hours long so we'll see how it goes this time around In terms of my predictions, so if we go through the nominations, um, let's go with the major categories first. So in drama series, um, we have Better Call Saul, Bodyguard, Game of Thrones, Killing Eve, Ozark, Pose, Succession, and This Is Us. I mean, hands down, I mean, you don't even have to be a Game of Thrones fan to agree, but I think Game of Thrones is gonna sweep the drama categories this year. It was their final season and although their series finale was a bit controversial, it wasn't a big um, favorite with the fans, um, I do think they're still going to sweep because they're a huge HBO show. They have the most nominations this year and also they broke the record this year for the most nominations ever in a single year, I believe with 32 nominations in one year. So, of co- I believe they're going to sweep. They're nominated pretty much in every drama category. Um, Amelia Clark is nominated in lead actress. Um, Kit Harrington is nominated in lead actor. Um, I believe in supporting actor you have Gwendolyn Christie, uh, Sophie Turner for her first nomination, Mais- uh, Maisie Williams is nominated again. And of course, um, in supporting actor you have. Uh, Peter Dinklage again, who's won many times. Nicola Costa, Waldau, Alfie Allen, so they have m- most of their <laughs> most of their co- uh, their actors are nominated. So I do think they're going to sweep drama for sure. It's a big year for HBO. Uh, last year HBO uh, didn't have as many nominations as Netflix did, but HBO kind of came back this year with nominations with Game of Thrones. Uh, a lot of nominations for Game of Thrones, the final season of Veep as well in the comedy category. I think will do really well. um We'll look at the comedy series right now. Uh, nominee for comedy series is Barry, Fleabag, The Good Place, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Russian Doll, Schitt's Creek, a Canadian fave, and Veep. um I that can be a toss up. Veep, you know, has won every year that it's been nominated has won pretty much. Uh, Well, actually, no, the first few seasons, it didn't win Best Comedy Series, but it has won, I think, three times in a row already. Um, It's been nominated every year that it's been on. It could very well go to Veep just because it was its final season, but it could be a toss up because even though Veep is a big favorite uh, with critics, um, it was off last year. It didn't get nominated last year because it didn't run a season last year. I think Marvelous Mrs. Maisel won in its place. So it could be a toss-up. Maisel could get it again. Fleabag is a big favorite now, right now, with um, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who's hosting SNL, I think, the second episode this season. She's becoming really big um, with critics. So it could that one could be a toss-up. But I will give Julia Louis-Dreyfus lead actress for Veep, for sure. Um, I think, you know, being the final season, considering everything she's been through last year with her cancer and everything and also she's just you know really talented comedic actress i think she's going to keep the emmy winning streak going and win for this last season i'll definitely give her that um poor christina applegate <laughs> nominated in that same category many good actresses in that category as well um in terms of limited series and television movie i'm not too big on um that could be also I think be a toss-up between many favorites. Escape at Dannemora seems to be a big one. Um, I think it won a Golden Globe. Um, Fosse Verden was a good one. Sharp Objects, When They See Us. So it's Chernobyl. They're all really good limited series, so that could really be a toss-up. In the television movies, I'm not too familiar with, so I won't go into those. Um, Yeah, a lot of first-time nominees. Um, A lot of first-time nominees. Amy Adams, nominated lead actress in a limited series for Sharp Objects, her first Emmy nomination ever, which really surprised me. Um, You know, uh, Joey King also for The Act. She's really young. Michelle Williams for Fosse Verdon. She's never been nominated for an Emmy before either. So a lot of first-time noms. Mandy Moore finally got a nomination for This Is Us. Um, she's, I think, the only cast member who hasn't been nominated. Or, well, actually, uh, Justin Hartley hasn't been nominated either. But Sterling K. Brown te- seems to win every year. Milo Milo Ventimiglia always gets nominated. She's definitely not going to win. All, partly because, I, th- I, like I said, I think Game of Thrones actors are probably going to... Or it could be Sandro oh, again for Killing Eve. So I don't... I'm not going to give it to her, but I'm proud that she finally got her first Emmy nomination. Um, Let's see what else I can talk about this with. Um, Oh, in terms of there are the variety, variety special categories, which I found interesting. And I think I had mentioned this before. Um, Rent Live got nominated for Live Variety Special, which Alex and I were shocked about about, because we didn't find Rent Live to be all too fascinating. And considering also that it wasn't, let's not forget, it was not typically live. Uh, It was mainly pre-recorded because one of the actors suffered an injury during rehearsal um, and they ended up just airing the tape dress rehearsal. The only actual part of Rent Live was like, I think the last 10 minutes of it. Um, So the fact that it's nominated in the live category... um, is (laughs) kind of just doesn't make sense um and it's also up against with the typical nominees in this category which is you know award show live award shows those typically mean are the main live events so the golden globe awards the grammy awards the tony awards and the oscars but also another outlier in this category is the live in front of a studio audience norman lear's all in the family and the jefferson special which i watched and loved Um, this was the live special where Today's Actors Recreated, um, episode from All in the Family and from the Jeffersons. Jamie Foxx was playing George Jefferson, um, Woody Harrelson was playing Archie Bunker. Um, that was a really great special and I think they did a really great job, so I'm happy that it got nominated as well. Um, but I think it's gonna go to your typical, like, Oscars production. They usually win these categories. For Variety Special pre-recorded, I'm giving it to Beyonce for sure. these are these are um, this category, I think, is awarded at the Creative Arts Emmys, which will be next week. Um, they don't get telecasted live on the main show, but I'm going to give it to Beyonce. She's up against uh, Carpool Karaoke, James Corden meets Paul McCartney. She's up against Br- Springsteen on Broadway, which also could be a big competitor. Uh, a Wanda Sykes special and something else. So. But I'm going to give it to Beyonce because Homecoming was an amazing film, Um, a really great special, and just what she did with her Coachella performance and bringing in HBCUs and giving the history of historically Black colleges and making this film more than just a Coachella performance and how artistic it was, I'm going to give it to Beyonce. And also because I just want Beyonce to win an Emmy because I think that would be cool I don't know if she's ever won an Emmy um, for anything. I think she, she has tons of Grammys and she's got to, I think she's going to win the Oscar next year for writing the song for the Lion King. So I'm going to give her that too. So I, 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 I feel like this is Beyonce's year. Um, and then informational series or special, which is also, I think, announced at the Creative Arts Emmys. Um, I mentioned before Surviving R. Kelly, which is a, a docu-series that Alex and I had talked about many times before on the podcast with the R. Kelly situation is nominated for informational series or special. It's up against uh, Anthony Bourdain, Parts Unknown, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee, which is Jerry Seinfeld's show on Netflix, uh, Leah Remini's Scientology in the Aftermath, and uh, David Letterman's Netflix show, My Guest Needs No Introduction. So um, it's a tough category. I think Leah Remini's show has won before. Anthony Bourdain's show, I think, has won before. Um but I do feel like it could go to surviving R. Kelly just because of the moment we're in right now with me too. And how big that docu series became, it was just like this little lifetime docu series and it exploded and it. And it's changed R. Kelly's life because now he's back in court. So, um, it's definitely brought all those things to light. And, uh, I think, I think it's a good contender. So that's really all I'm going to round up for now. Um, it, the Emmys, like I said, will be airing September twenty second at eight p.m. on Fox. So you can check it out to see if my predictions were correct. I'll probably be like live tweeting, so you can follow me at Mishp Santos that night to check out my tweets. I'll, if my predictions were right, tweet at me. We'll go through those together. Speaking of courtroom drama. Um, One of the big stories of this year that Alex and I have have always um, kept you up to date on is the college admission scandal, particularly with our gals, Felicity Huffman and Lori Loughlin. And there's been some updates since we last talked to you about it. I've kind of been waiting until this month to talk about it because um, Felicity Huffman, who um, pleaded guilty earlier this year, um, she took a plea deal, Um, is being sentenced uh, this upcoming Friday, September 13th. And they just revealed actually, as I'm recording this as of yesterday, um, what what the prosecutors are recommending for her sentencing. So she is possibly facing one month in jail or prison. I'm not quite sure. I don't know the difference. Um, (laughs) Possibly one month in jail with a $20,000 fine. That's her maximum she's looking at right now. Her lawyers are suggesting one year of probation and a fine. Um, I think she'll do the jail time. It seems like the judge and the courts are pretty adamant that they want these parents to face the consequences of what they've done. So I do think she'll do the jail time. I think she can handle a month in jail. Maybe that's just because I look at Felicity Huffman more as Lynette Scavo from Desperate Housewives, and she's a tough-ass mom. And one month in jail, I mean, that's 30 days. It goes by so fast. It probably goes by so fast. So um, I think she can handle it. It might come out to be one of those situations where she gets sentenced to one month in jail and and then comes out in like two weeks because of good behavior or something. I don't know how that works. So it could end up being one of those situations. But uh, yeah, she's facing the jail time. And so this Friday, we'll get to know for sure exactly what the judge will sentence her with. If she will get the one month in jail, if she'll get less time. If she'll just get the year probation like her lawyer suggested, she has been one of the parents in this scandal to really owe up to what she's done and just face the consequences head on. She ple- she was one of the first set of parents to plead guilty. Um, so I do think they're not going to go too hard on her, which is why the maximum sen- maximum sense she's facing is one month in jail, as opposed to the original four to ten months that prosecutors were suggesting. Um, so we... Send our love to her. Um, She's in a lot of movies right now, considering she's possibly going to jail anytime soon. It's interesting that she's... All these movies that she's in are coming out. She has a movie. I think that's going to be at tiff. I saw on the news, she has a movie out on Netflix right now with Angela Bassett and Patricia Arquette called Otherhood that I watched, was a, which was a funny, it was supposed to be a Mother's Day comedy, but because of the scandal, it came out like three months after Mother's Day, but it's a really good movie, you should check it out, it's called Otherhood on Netflix, it's really a great uh, female comedy, um, but yeah, and in this, um, with this courtroom drama, Felicity Huffman has had some of her her husband and some of her friends write these letters to the court, basically in support of her. Why she shouldn't, why she should face the lesser sentence. Her husband William H Macy, um, Eva Longoria, her former co-star on Desperate Housewives and best friend, and Mark Cherry, the creator of Desperate Housewives, have all shown their support. And Eva's statement interested me the most because Eva talks about how Felicity um, supported her. Through really tough times on the set of Desperate Housewives. Now, it's been no secret, and I think Alex and I have talked about this many times on the show, particularly on our very first episode, if you go back and listen, about some of the drama on set on Desperate Housewives, and um, particularly with Terry Hatcher. And since then, you know, we don't really understand what the drama is with Terry Hatcher, because she's always seemed to us as a good person, like, if you listen to our last episode, my best friend Monica, who went to Gigi Gorgeous's wedding, met Terry Hatcher at the wedding um, and was so lovely to her and her family. So it's, I don't really understand the drama with her. But back to Eva's statement Eva made a statement that basically said that there was a bully on the set of Desperate Housewives who really bullied her and a lot of the other cast members. It was a female, and that's why I think it's she's referring to Terry, because I can't really pinpoint any other person it could be. But it was a co-worker who was female, who was a bully on set, to the point, apparently, um, that she says, quote, stop talking to the other cast members as the series went on and would only talk through the directors. So that makes me think it's Terry. Um, Eva talks about how Felicity even defended her at one point and told this said person to stop the bullying. Um, I can't imagine who else they might be referring to. I think everyone's going to assume it's Terry Hatcher. But like I said, I can't can't really see the drama with that right now. So I thought that was a really interesting little Desperate Housewives set scoop that kind of came out all out of all of this um, was that there was a bully on set. It could have been Nicolette Sheridan too, but the way she was referring to this person, it seemed like it was a full series situation, an ongoing situation um, that, you know, because she said as the series went on, this person would just stop talking to them um, unless it was to work with them. So I feel like it was Terry and it's really sad because I really love Desperate Housewives and it's one of my favorite shows and I hate to know that there was any drama on set. I mean, I know there was probably a little bit, you know, there's always a little bit of truth to the rumors. But, you know, especially knowing what I know now about Terry and what my friend Monica told me about her, I I just can't imagine her being that mean or disrespectful. So it's a really sad situation all around. I'm really glad that um, Eva and the creator Mark Cherry lent their support to Felicity. um, And uh, I think she's doing the right thing. On the other side of this case, you still have Lori Loughlin and her husband, Massimo Giannulli, um, who pled not guilty. They went the opposite direction in this college admission scandal case. Um, They pled not guilty earlier this year. They're going to fight this in court. Um, They're going to prolong this process as much as they can to avoid jail time um, because they believe they did nothing wrong. They believe that they were duped into doing something they thought they knew was wrong but thought was legal and didn't realize was illegal um it came out in the news uh earlier last week that they were in court discussing if they were able to even get to they would be even able to keep their lawyers um because apparently the the lawyer team that they are using are the same uh lawyer company that um is uh defending, uh, I believe, USC, which is the schools that um, Lori's daughters were kicked out of for the scandal. So um, if there was a conflict of interest there, I believe they get to keep their lawyers. Um, And they're going to fight this, which I think is really stupid, because the longer she prolongs this, the the worse it's going to be. If Felicity Huffman, who pled guilty early on, is possibly going to face a month in jail, you can imagine how long Lori Loughlin and her husband are going to face for themselves, especially because their crime was a lot worse than what Felicity did. Felicity spent, I believe, just um, $15,000 just to cheat her daughter's SAT scores, whereas Lori and her husband spent half a million dollars to fake their, way- their daughter's way into the USC crew team, the row team. Um doctoring photos and images half a million dollars the more money you spend the worse it's going to be so it's really stupid of her if she had just pled guilty from the beginning she probably would be getting around the same sentence that felicity's getting she would have just done it get it over with be done with it i think felicity's really smart in the way she's handling this because the sooner she just owns up to it the sooner she just faces the consequences goes to jail does her time the sooner then this is all over and what Lori doesn't seem to understand is that if you just keep prolonging it, it's never going to be over. And at the end of it, you're probably still going to get screwed. You're not going to walk away with this, away from this scot- completely scot-free. You're not innocent. So you're just going to make it worse for yourself, and you're possibly going to get yourself into more trouble in a larger sentence. <laughs> and who wants to see Aunt Becky behind bars? Seems interesting, but uh, not really sure. If that's uh, It it seems funny, but uh, I don't know if she can handle it. I I, I feel like Felicity Huffman can handle jail way better than Lori Loughlin Loughlin can. And that's probably why Lori Loughlin's trying to fight it because she knows she can't handle jail. Um, But it would be funny if she ends up in jail after all of this. Um, So that's what I have to say about that. Um, Hopefully in the next episode or next time I talk to you guys, we can have finalized details about Felicity's sentencing, when she'll be going to jail, um, I don't really quite know how it works if, you know, as soon as she gets sentenced, she just goes behind bars right away Or if she has a little bit of time before if they set a date, because sometimes they can go straight to jail Sometimes they set a date of when you will enter jail So we'll see, or she might not even go to jail, so we'll see um, Where this goes and I'll keep you updated on that for sure The last thing I wanted to kind of just wrap up and talk about Um is this whole situation with Kevin Hart now? Kevin Hart, um, last, early earlier last week, was in a very bad car accident, which is really sad. Um, you know, every, <laughs> he's had a rough year, um, and he's had multiple serious back injuries. Uh, it, apparently, he's gonna he's fine, but he's gonna be in recovery for several months. And just as all this is happening, he kind of inadvertently sparks controversy once again um for lgbtq comments um there was this show interview with a group of black men being interviewed including rapper new rapper lil Nas x you may know him for his hit song old town road that your kids are probably playing 24 7 lil Nas x he's a 20 years 20 year old black man and he recently just came out as gay um and in this interview special, which also involves Kevin Hart along with other famous black men, um, Lil Nas X talks about how he struggled with coming out, and if you know, because of the stigma of being a gay black man in this business, um, and the way the other men in this interview, particularly Kevin Hart, reacted to that to that statement was some referred it to as kind of gaslighting Lil Nas X because. They kind of just were like, why? Why would you be scared to come out? Why would you, why would that be such a worry? You know, they didn't seem to really understand the weight and the seriousness of coming out when you are a black man in this world and a rapper too. There's, you know, there's, there's kind of like this image of when you're a a rapper that you have to maintain. And if you come out as gay, people might think you are weak and, there's a whole. It could really have ruined his career, and that's what he was trying to explain. Um, and so, people really took offense to what Kevin Hart said because when he asks the question, "Why would you be afraid to come out?" you kind of go back to Kevin Hart's original statements and tweets from ten years ago, saying that he would throw a dollhouse over his son's head if he had uh, if he ever came home gay. Um, that comments like that is why someone like Lil Nas X would be afraid. To come out because of of that kind of abuse, that to be physically attacked, to be hurt, especially as a black man in this world, um, they they're the most stigmatized when it comes to being um, in the LGBT community, and so that's the reason. And the fact that Kevin Hart and some of, and the other men in this interview too, and I really encourage people to look it up and watch it, seem so oblivious to. You know it was just kind of like why why would it be such an issue if you have to ask that question then clearly you don't understand that it's still an issue today we were in 2019 but there we there's still a lot of ways to go um so yeah it was just really disappointing and i think, you know, especially because Kevin Hart had just had this car accident, people were really kind of turning around in support of Kevin. um, Because of course, you know, regardless of what he said and done, no one wants any harm done to him. So, you know, people were sending their prayers and their wishes for him after this horrible car accident. And then, unfortunately timed, this interview had to come out a few days later and make him look bad again. um, And pretty much show that his, his views or his, on the LGBTQ community has really not changed or has not evolved or he hasn't done his homework. I don't think he is homophobic. I think he's just ignorant. And I think he just hasn't done his homework and realized the issues that still lay in the LGBT community. Um, so that's what I'm going to say about that. Um, and it's just really unfortunately time that that interview had to come out. A couple days after his accident because people were just you know sending their support to him and then all of a sudden they're like oh why did you have to go and say that oh why did you have to Um, but we're not canceling him we're sending our prayers to him hopefully he has a speedy recovery and um we wish him well so that's all I really had to talk about today like I said these episodes are going to be smaller than usual they're not going to be your hour-long rants um these are just going to be little speed round hot topics from my point of view. Um, if you want to share your point of view, you can tweet us, tweet Just Between Us Gals um, at Podcast on Twitter and Just Between Us Gals on Instagram. You can tweet me at Mish P Santos, M I C H P S A N T O S on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, just Between Us Gals is also on Facebook. And I as always, you can also follow Alex. I'll still give Alex's credentials uh, at A- A-L-X coombs on Twitter and Instagram. She also has her underscore A-L-X coombs on Twitter as well that she still kind of uses. So... You can follow her as well hopefully she'll be back if she isn't <laughs> then you know we'll keep doing it this way um for now we're still going to be under the just between us gals brand like i said and if anything changes you'll hear it first from me so thanks for keeping up with us this has been our first Bug bonus episode see you when i see you bye